Hi, thank you so much for joining the podcast today. We're very excited to bring you part two of Brandon Brayboy from All Trust Insurance. So if you listen to the first episode, which I would recommend you do, I think it's important that we tell you that some of this information about co-pays and deductibles, you already know. But there are plenty of people out there that really don't understand um, the simplistics of health insurance. So we're going to talk about perspective from employees, from patients, from employers, from physicians, and just kind of dissect it a little bit. We got some questions from the audience before posting this episode today, and we wanted to make sure that we answered all the questions for you. So I hope you enjoy Brandon Brayboy and I at the Bel Air Coffee Company right here in Bel Air Bluffs, Florida. And we are excited to bring this to you because we really love all trust and everything they do for our Tampa Bay market and beyond. So enjoy and happy holidays. Hello, Brandon Brayboy. Welcome back to our Dr. Whisperer podcast here in the wonderful Bel Air Coffee Company. You're in my hood now. Yes. Well, thank you for having me back for round two. Yes. And uh, I look forward to talking uh, some more healthcare. With, Isn't that uh, the exciting? Dr. Whisperer. Woohoo! <laughs> Who doesn't love to talk about healthcare? Oh, <laughs> right? Nobody. Everybody does. <laughs> So um, we have posed a few questions to the audience this time because um, both of us realize that there's a lot of misconceptions that go on with um, just a basic understanding of how sometimes insurance works and employee benefits work and little things like co-pays and deductibles and max out of pocket. So I want to be able to um, give as much value to the audience as possible to understand some of maybe the more basic things like the ones I've just mentioned. And then we'll move on to some of the questions that we've gotten from um, employer groups that have come across. And we thank you for reaching out and, and asking these questions. So give the audience, Brandon, if you will, a little uh, a little information about copays, deductibles and such that you get asked all the time when you're doing open enrollment. Yes, most definitely. So, um, you know, it's it's crazy. You know, with um, with as expensive as healthcare is, um, it's it's shocking to see sometimes how um, uneducated people still are when it comes to the benefits and how they work. And um, it might sound crazy, but we we do get the occasional question asking what a deductible is and a copay and a max out of pocket. And, um, you know, we like to explain uh, benefits in two financial silos, basically, one being the premium that, you're, uh, that you pay monthly. That, that's part of your financial risk. But the other part of the financial risk for any employee, employee uh, that is on a group health plan is going to be that max out-of-pocket and that deductible. Um, and those are oftentimes... Uh, questions that we get from from clients uh, is what is this and so you know really the way I like to explain it is is you've got um, you've got your deductible which is typically what you're meeting on the front end 
um, before you have to meet your max out of pocket and your coinsurance. I like to explain coinsurance as being uh, kind of a bridge in between or a roadmap in between how do you get from your deductible to your max out of pocket. So your ma max out of pocket is encompassing of everything. It's your your RX costs, your co-pays, and, and anything you've paid towards your deductible. Um, so co-pay typically plans will be set up to have either a co-pay or co-insurance co assigned uh, with each benefit. And that will kind of dictate how um, each payor, being either the participant or the carrier, um, who's paying for what and, and, and for how much. Um, so your, your deductible is what you're hitting on the, on, uh, when you go into your inpatient or outpatient and you have some type of coinsurance that you're meeting. Um, and then you've got your co-pays obviously that go towards your max out of pocket. But, um, we do, de we do definitely get questions in, in regards to that at times. Yeah. Um, I, I get them myself from my parents <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, it, it becomes very difficult. I would assume for you, um, as this like middleman. Uh, trying to make everybody happy to understand it. But, you know, in truth, that responsibility, I really believe, and I can say this because I'm not the broker from Alltrust, but it really is the responsibility of the employee or the person that is holding an insurance plan to really understand what their benefits are. You know, even when I was running a medical practice and my billing manager would come over and say, she's so tired of everybody yelling at her on the phone. And I'm like, well, they're, they're only yelling because they don't understand Right? Yeah. And uh, usually, yes. Yeah. So most of the time when people are a little disgruntled about health insurance, it's because they really don't understand how it works. So to be um, empathetic towards that, I know, is a, a, a wonderful advantage of having um, all trusts come in and, and explain this um, at open enrollment every year <laughs> with whoever you decide to uh, do business with. But, you know, then there's the not just the patients or the employees asking these questions. Um, a lot of the employers have asked questions um, such as this one, which I think a lot of times um, they believe is your fault, Brandon. You know, yeah. well, well, most well, of it's our fault. It is usually. your fault. <laughs> so what is driving a cost increase? Yeah, to, to, to health care. Um, yes. So that's that's a pretty loaded question. Um, there's there's a multitude of different things that are uh, driving uh, healthcare costs here uh, in America. Uh, you've got demographics, uh, you have social factors, uh, lifestyle choices, um, and then you just have general inflation as a whole. Those are more of your economy-wide drivers. Um, and then you have things such as medical technology innovation, drug spending and government regulations. Those are more of the healthcare specific drivers. Um, but also too, we, we uh, have to keep in mind is utilization of the uh, of of your of your plan and being a wise not only a wise consumer but a wise utilizer a wide utilizer um, of your your plan that you have in place through your employer. Uh, we we see as we mentioned in our first episode, uh, we had mentioned there being. Uh, this gap of education in between the employer and the employee on not only the drivers of health care uh, and what drives those costs, but proper utilization of the plan. And so now we find ourselves in a position in healthcare now where we have to really start working uh, with the employees to help them understand, you know, what's what's not only driving healthcare costs to go up, 
and but what we can do about it. Uh, some of the things that we can do about it are in our control, and some of the things that are driving healthcare costs, there's absolutely nothing we can do about it. Um, you look at uh, you know mega mergers of these hospitals, and you look at uh, physician consolidated um, employment. Um, you look at all these different things, and those things are out of our control. We can't. We can't. Um, we are you can't... trying to say it's not your fault? Yeah, it's not your basically. fault, Brandon. Yeah, Come no, on. It's, it's not our fault. Uh, you know, <laughs> we we certainly don't mind being the punching bag. Uh, <laughs> Somebody has to be. Yeah, somebody's <laughs> got to be. Um, but you know, we we tend to try and educate our clients on what they can control. You know, it's the old saying. You know, accept what you can't control, but control what you can. Mm-hmm. And. Um, that's that's kind of where we come in and educate them on how to utilize the plan properly and how to make good lifestyle choices but also when to use what benefit and in which circumstance uh, to help try to mitigate some of the uh, some of the utilization of the plan I love it okay so let's talk about what what's the benefit of you Brandon what is the benefit of actually having um, a broker, um, and specifically in, in utilizing a company like Alltrust, where I know you're not just doing employee health benefits, but you provide extra value. What, why don't you let the audience know about that? What the, What is your role? Sure. Yeah. You know, our, our role um, at Alltrust really for our clients is to be an advocate, uh, to be an educator, um, but to also be that strategic consultant that, that they need um, in some pretty interesting times uh, in healthcare. Uh, there's a lot of different moving parts, and um, it's tough to keep up with all of that. So, you know, really the, the benefit to, to our clients working with, with All Trust is not only that white glove service that we mentioned in episode one, where we have a granular service model and we're handling claims and eligibility um, and all those different things that, that come with administering uh, a health plan, but, but also, too, is, is staying on top of the industry and making sure that you're a student of the game and and that you see where the industry is going because that can sometimes uh, dictate the strategies um, that an employer will will put together for the following year. And don't forget to mention that you're a huge help to the administrator of a medical practice, Brandon. My goodness, I don't know what I would have done. (laughs) But you guys made me look like a rock star all the time. Thank you. You know, that's that's our hope is that... um, we have the opportunity to take uh, some of this health care and, and the purchasing of insurance. We, we, we hope at the end of the day we can take some of that off the plate of the office administrator or the HR director. And, because they really have enough. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. really, that's, you know, that's when I find the biggest problem is that um, when an office administrator gets hired, they are given all of these different roles, right? And a lot of it is based upon um, just having the employees show up to work right and then if they don't scheduling changes and then there's you know well the electronic health records might have gone down that day we we certainly hate when that happens right um but cloud-based don't worry um (laughs) you know and then there's there's marketing and there's you know if you're renting a building there's so many different things that are already handled by a medical administrator that taking this off the plate of somebody running a practice but especially if the practice is run by a doctor, can you hear me, doctors? <laughs> if you are running your practice and you are also taking care of employee health benefits, we need to talk, right? I mean, it, yeah. 
it, it just can't all be done well. No, it can't. It can't. It can't all be done well. And you know, we find ourselves in much different, in a much different spot, or, and employers find themselves in a much different spot than they did eight or nine years ago. Um, this is the most heavily regulated employers have been in the history of the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, it it's gotten to the point now where um, you can't be an expert at every single thing um, that's associated with your business and. You certainly don't want to try and become an expert of a piece of your business that is regulated by the federal government. Right. And that being health care. Which is so complicated. Yes. yes. It's very complicated. Um, Even regu- to the experts. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there, there's moving parts uh, within our industry on a weekly and monthly basis. And the regulations are such that employers can find themselves in... Um, can find themselves uh, being put at risk financially uh, for not being compliant with certain things uh, associated with healthcare. So it's always great to have that champion and that expert in your corner mm-hmm. that can help kind of walk you through, um, you know, the the healthcare world and the healthcare environment uh, in which it stands today. I agree. So let's just talk about. Let's get right into it. Okay. Yeah. Let's talk about some of the biggest mistakes you see employers make what well, number one let's talk about the biggest one i know what the answer is i might have something a little to do with like cha-ching what, what do you, you tell them what it is yeah I what mean, do they stay focused on yeah i mean i think one of the biggest mistakes that employers make right out of the gate um is is just simply focusing on price mm-hmm. and focusing on getting the best deal um, that's certainly a, a part of the equation, mm-hmm. um, but also too, you know, the uh, one of the biggest pieces, if not the biggest piece, especially in the small group market and how the rates are filed with the state, is choosing a broker that is going to have uh, a level of service that meets your needs right. um, as an employer. Uh, in the small group market, uh, the rates are the rates; they're filed with the state, so. A hundred brokers are going to get you the exact same rate. Did you hear that? The exact same rate. So like playing that game of like, well, let's see what, you know, this company can do versus the one that we just had come in and, and, and do all this work for us. (laughs) That, that is going to be the same if it's under a hundred lives, correct? Yeah. There's no negotiation. There's no negotiating. I can't emphasize that enough because I have been confronted with that myself after going through all of the due diligence with a company and then the physicians that own the practice saying well let's try somebody else and see what we can come up with and it almost you know from the administrator's point of view it's like they don't it's like with children right you know we're with you all the time and we tell you the same thing but a complete stranger comes in and tells you something different you believe it well I'm here to tell you and you're here to tell everybody that there's not going to be a difference in in cost no different. Good. No different. So long as the the demographics of the group, um, so long as the demographics are the same uh, for that that you're given to every single broker, right. uh, the rates are going to come back uh, the same. But let's talk about what will be the difference. Yes. Okay. Uh, so there's um, there's a, there's this thing that keeps a lot of people from making change, and and that thing is fear. Right. (laughs) So there is a huge fear. And before you even get into it, I want to say I have come across this running practices. I've come across this now as a consultant for physicians that 
um, everybody is afraid to make a change with the, whether it be the medical supply company that they're working with because they've had the same rep coming into their practice for eight years and they know their kids and their brother and your sister. And I'm here to tell you (laughs) that like, I am willing to um, make that change as much as possible. If I, as the medical administrator, am getting the absolute best service. So talk about the fear um, that goes along with maybe switching brokers. Yeah, so you know that I think I think for me as a broker that is probably my biggest challenge is is the fear of change for employers. Um, a lot of them know that they they need to change mm-hmm. and that they need better service. But again, to your point, Sharon, they they either have a relationship that they can't. Mm-hmm. Uh, break. They can't uh, find themselves reason. saying that yeah. to somebody and hurting their feelings. Yeah. Well, let's let's talk about that. You know, it, it makes sense because in, in the physician landscape, it makes a lot of sense because they are put here on earth to actually help people and to heal them. And to have a difficult conversation is like torturing them. It's like literally, yeah. <laughs> it, it's the same thing when it comes to terminating an employee that could very well be very complacent and not bringing any kind of value to the practice anymore. They would just prefer to keep the same yep. so nobody's mad at them. Yep. Yep. And what a disservice they're doing to themselves and their business. And then, yep. which leads to their employees because they're not getting the, the best um, providers to deal with their employee health benefits. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, um, you know, they always say don't mix uh, personal with professional. And in some cases, it, it, it does work, and mm-hmm. you're able to sure. work with people that you're friends with. Um, but but only to the point You guys that, are my friends, and I've worked yeah. very well with you for yeah. many years. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, you know, that, that only works to the, to the point that you're not affecting your business. Right. And by not being willing or open to make the necessary changes that you need to, for your business simply because of a personal relationship, well, then you're putting your own livelihood mm-hmm. at risk, and that is your practice or, or, or your company uh, if, you're, if you're not a physician. Um, so, so we realize it's hard. We realize that, you know, it's, it's always difficult to make a change because, you know, there's a reason why everybody doesn't like change. I happen to love it. I say, bring it on. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when there's change, there's movement, there's excitement, and overcoming fear, you know, you should be pretty proud of yourself when yeah. you do something like that. So um, I think that it's, it's, that is a real, real conversation that a lot of physicians need to understand um, because I've dealt with this many, many times where there's usually just some type of personal relationship mm-hmm. and they don't want to have the conversation, but there is something that they don't realize that, that that can happen where they actually might not even have to have a conversation, right? Yeah. You know, it's, you know, they, you know, as far as the process works, you know, I, I think a lot of employers um, get, have this uh, notion that by switching brokers, I'm switching all of my insurance mm-hmm. from United or, or Blue Cross. And, and there's two different contracts in place. So there's, there's one you have with the carrier that um, is in place that, that dictates the plan that you're with and the rates that you're being charged for that specific plan. And then you also have a contract with an agency or a broker such as myself who administers your health plan. Um, and you would actually be the one to take care of a letter that goes from 
one broker to another broker, so they actually can be cut out of that Correct. conversation. Correct. I mean, you know, some some folks feel you know feel they owe it to yes. to the broker to, to call Very them noble. And, let them, and let them know that <laughs> uh, they're moving. Others don't. Um, and and that's certainly uh, something that's pretty easy to get around. Um, you know, we well, there's we have what's called an agent of record or a BOR broker of record um, that is that is signed uh, by our by the the employer's office and put on their letterhead. And we do the legwork on the back end to mm-hmm. make sure that letter gets over to the. It just, it's, a, it's a great advantage if you want to avoid that. Yeah. uncomfortable conversation and, and the carrier will always send a letter to the broker themselves right. as well um, but you know that it's it's that fear of change or that fear of letting somebody down even to the detriment of their own company mm-hmm. that a lot of times is one of the biggest hurdles they know they need help they yeah. know they need that that extra level <laughs> of service mm-hmm. um, and they they simply um, are too fearful of firing a broker yeah. when they know they need to. Now, if they have a good broker, then then obviously... Keep them. Yeah, yeah. keep them, by all means. Yeah, of course. If they're doing the best for the employer, then then why wouldn't you? But, you know, there's a serious complacency that goes on. I mean, that was one of... I looked like a rock star when I came into the last practice that I managed because I changed all the vendors. I didn't have any personal relationships with them, thank God. And what ended up happening is we started saving tons of money, and we had... You know, people, vendors, brokers that were eager to make us happy. And and realistically, when you're putting out such a, a hefty price tag um, from your bottom line, you want somebody that actually cares about your business. So it's willing, it's, it's willing to overcome your fear and then so completely worth it in the long run. So um, I want to talk about uh, ways that we can curb costs. Um, of healthcare as a whole, you know, what are some of the things that that we can do to to avoid this uh, cost increase that you get blamed for all the time? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so you know, there's there's a multitude of different things that are going on right now that are um, that are out of the participants' control and that are in the participants' control that are helping to try and curb healthcare. Um, one of the big ones um, is going to be high-performance networks. So uh, the carriers, this has, doesn't have anything to do with the participants, but the carriers are starting to look at more narrower, ne- more narrower networks um, that have better outcomes. And by doing so, they can help drive down costs. It's, uh, it's the equivalent to accountable care organizations. Um, but... You know, there's other things like care advocacy, and and you know we can get into how many different generics are than there were five years ago, um, and and but again, it goes back uh, to the to the actual participant to be more of a wise consumer of how they're utilizing their health plan. Don't go to the ER when uh, you potentially could go to urgent care. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I think a lot of times the... And my partici- goodness, there's enough urgent cares out there now, Brandon. Oh, they're all over the place. <laughs> they're popping up. They realize yeah. there's, there's an opportunity sure. uh, to make money. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think for the participants out there... And so that benefits the, the employee, say, on a copay level. But it also benefits when you go to renew um, that the, the clients or the, you know, your employees have chosen a better resource. They have gone to an urgent care versus a hospital. Yep. 
which is, you know, I wanted to slow that down a little bit because yep. I know that most people react and go to the ER, mm -hmm. where my first thought, only because I've been educated about this, that it's not just going to benefit me because I'm probably going to get in there a lot quicker. Yeah. Um, my Everything is going to be least, uh, less expensive, but also it's going to help with the, uh, the overall plan going forward. Yes, yeah, so carriers use what is called a medical loss ratio or MLR ratio, mm -hmm. and they basically use that um, ratio as a gauge to determine uh, what, what renewals will look like in the following mm -hmm. year for a specific group. And, um, you know, I, I think what the participant fails to realize sometimes is they only look at what their cost is on the front end and they don't necessarily research what the cost of the procedure is. Uh, we see this a lot when it comes to major diagnostics. Um, you look at MRIs, um, the participant, let's say they have a $200 or $300 copay for their major diagnostic. Well, the participant doesn't care. Uh, how much the MRI costs because they know all they have is a $300 copay um, and they're good to go. Well, the problem is, um, and, and the part the participant isn't, isn't looking at, is how much does the facility or provider you're going to actually charge for that MRI? Because although your copay might be 300 bucks, well, if the MRI costs that $7,000 right. because it's one of the new walk-ins you want to go into, mm -hmm. that means the carrier's picking up the rest of that balance, mm -hmm. and that goes towards affecting that MLR ratio, as opposed to going to the provider who offers the standard MRI mm -hmm. uh, machine that might cost $1,500 to $2,500 for you're a single MRI. You're going to get the MRI. same results, actually. And you're going to get the same results. And um, you're still going to pay the same copay, but the price of the services rendered by that provider were far less. So it doesn't comes out uh, doesn't come out at the end of the year as claims utilization. Uh, it, you know, an extra five thousand dollars in claims utilization because you needed to go to a stand up MRI. Right. Um, you know, so it's, take a Xanax for God's sake. Yeah. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm not promoting taking Xanax. <laughs> But you know that's just a that's just a very uh, simple um, explanation of, of how utilization of your healthcare plan um, can affect your renewal at the, in the coming year. So, so the responsibility then lies within whoever your broker may be when they're doing these open enrollment um, courses with staff. They're telling them about this, but it needs to be reiterated too because if you got you know Susie who really loves herself, a stand-up MRI, and she seems to go to one all the time, plus she's going to um, the ER versus going to an urgent care, well, you know, there you go. There's, there's a little piece of your rising cost. So it's the responsibility of the broker, but the whole relationship of the employer as well to make sure that everybody is being informed because, you know, education is power. Yeah. And there's, there's such a thing as, like, making sure that you understand healthcare because you will probably spend more time figuring out where you can get a great deal on car insurance than your own health care, which to me is shocking. Yeah. And, you know, we should be caring more about our health and our health care and making these determinations um, and, and comparing costs than anything, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I, I, I completely agree with you, Sharon. Um, 
you know, it's it's really incumbent upon us as the participants now to do what we can to try to drive down health care. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, cost shifting, um, it's over. We've done smoking cessation plans. Right. We've tried wellness plans. Mm-hmm. You know, we've looked at PBM carve-outs. And those, those employers that are willing to jump on that bandwagon have already done so, and they've shifted the cost. There's not much room for cost shifting anymore. Um, it really now comes down to us as the consumers to determine what we can do to help, you know, mitigate some of that cost to, to, to the healthcare industry as a whole. It's kind of like the recycling community. Mm-hmm. Everybody in healthcare in the United States needs to kind of chip in and do their own part. Do your part, people. Do your part. Do your part. We to. can't do this alone anymore. You've we all have to. to be responsible consumers, especially when it comes to health care. So um, I'm so sorry that you've been the whipping boy for everybody, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm getting used to it now. <laughs> I know it's real, though. But um, there is a better way. So uh, really just happy that we were able to have this conversation. And we really encourage you to reach out to Brandon. I will have... Um, contact information as I did in the first broadcast that we did so you could have more questions answered and and we encourage you you know like we have a a new year coming upon us which means we can make better changes and we can make better choices so why don't you make that a priority right like driving down your health care costs would be a, a good idea so thank you so much for joining us today is there any closing thoughts you want to leave um you know yeah, you know, I, I think just in closing, you know, I would I would definitely in, encourage, um, you know, encourage folks out there to really um, get in tune with, with your employer-sponsored plan and, you know, really see what you can do to play your part. Mm-hmm. Because help. you should be real grateful if anybody in this day and age is paying towards your health benefits. Most definitely. Right? Most definitely. It's gotten so out of control. Yes. I mean, in some cases, employers with family coverage, we see employers contributing as much to a health care plan as the family's probably paying for their mortgage. Right. And it's gotten out of control. And we all, you know, need to do what we can to, to, to do our part. And, right. and control what we can control. And use your broker to make sure that your staff knows yes. <laughs> what a great advantage it is that your company cares that much about you that they're even going to pay a portion of it, yes. right? Yes. So that's, that's I was true. always sure to make sure you went out there and said, tell that staff yes. <laughs> how lucky they are, how blessed they are. Yes. So um, with that, you know, thanks so much for joining us again. And, and we look forward to catching up again in 2019. For now, yes. we will say happy holidays. Thank you, Sharon, and uh, happy holiday to you and, and, and all your listeners out there. Uh, I enjoyed episode two and looking forward to three. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> Bye, everybody.